Anything combat with Johnny K. Well, it's anything combat, though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat show, wherein we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by the reigning, defending, undisputed, a light heavyweight UAE Warriors champion, Tarek Suleiman. How are you, Tarek? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What did you do today in training? And like you said that you were coaching today. So what were you guys working on? Yeah, so I'm talking from my gym now, Falcons MMA. I was coaching jiu-jitsu class in the morning. Yeah, so <laughs> some fun. Sorry, I'm saying like I love uh, teaching jiu-jitsu. It's fun. Lovely. How did you become an Under Armour ambassador? Um, <laughs> just, I don't know, from, uh, from the fighting I think, and uh, I, under uh, Armour, been following my my journey, and uh, I know a few people. Uh, they connected me uh, with the management, with the marketing team there, and uh, we discussed the possibility of collaboration. And then they like they gave me a very good offer. <laughs> I couldn't say no. How important is networking in this life? Of course, man. It's all about networking. Like uh, everything we do is about networking. Even like if you wanna uh, reach the uh, like the highest highs in MMA, you need to have an, uh, a very solid network. And also the promotions look at it, uh, look back at you and see their ne- your network and uh, who because you you as a fighter you are a package for the promotion. So if you're coming with a very wide network, is a very important for the promotion, and vice versa. If you have a very good uh, connection and uh, a database of people that you know, it's very easy to reach where you want in promotions. What's that feeling like cracking open a new pair of gloves? Is that your favorite feeling, or is there is there something uh, better like, when it comes like, to like <laughs> MMA? It's like bringing new toy for a new ba- for a baby, you like, like gloves and. <laughs> I like to try new gloves. I like to to, to use new gear, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, I love it. <laughs> so I looked at your account and I saw that you were hanging out with Raphael Fazeev. First of all, how did you meet him? So we were. I used to live in Thailand since 2013 until uh, 2020, uh, and uh, he used to train in Phuket Top Team first. And then he made the move to Tiger, where I resided. And I was uh, training and coaching at Tiger at, the, at that time. And uh, uh, we became teammates. Then we became friends. And, yeah, I mean, like, I met a lot of people, a lot of successful fighters, uh, like a Tiger. He is a wonderful fighter, an absolute beast. Can't wait for his fight with Matuj Gamrot. What's your prediction for that? To be honest, if it's a 25-minute fight, I do think Fazeev will probably have a better chances of knocking him out over 25 minutes. So I'm probably <laughs> going to pick Fazeev by KO. How do you feel about that? Always. Like, he's the most entertaining fighter I've ever seen. Like You've seen his fight with Justin Gagey. I mean, like that's absolute war. He doesn't hold back anything. Uh, I mean, like of course, Fazeev all day long. I can't believe that. That was probably one of the hardest punches Justin Gaethje's ever eaten. Fazeev, Fazeev does these full winding punches, and he landed clean on Justin. Did you think that he was going to knock out Justin? I, uh, I thought, like, 
one of them will get knocked out for sure. Like and Justin is a, an absolute beast as well. That's why he's like like uh, the motherfucker champ now. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, but Rafael is at that level where he still can compete amongst like the top five, and I still believe that he can beat them all. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he put his weight uh, in every punch. And that takes a lot of cardio, a lot of energy. And I see, I see the way he trains. And I, see, I know his uh, SNC coach Woody. Uh, I train with him too. So yeah, they put a lot of work. What do you think about that matchup with uh, Makachev versus Justin Gaethje? How do you feel about that? Makachev, he's not fighting Justin Gaethje. I know, but like that stylistic matchup later oh. on, because he's got the he's got the BMF now, so most likely he's guaranteed that shot later on, or they'll feed him uh, Conor McGregor, one of the two. Yeah, so like, uh, I don't know. He wasn't successful against Khabib, so I think the style plays like like uh, styles make matches. You know, like uh, I think the style of um, Makachev and the the Dagestani wrestling doesn't fit Gagey much. He needs someone to bang with, like he did with Chandler and he did with Faziev. Uh So, yeah, I think I think still Makachev uh, gets that done. Tadek, please tell me, what's it like being a dad? Oh, my God. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's tougher than being a champion, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but it's... it's way more rewarding than anything else you, like in this world I mean like being a dad has definitely changed me matured me more even in my training and my training approach and looking after my body uh, obviously like uh, you need to like this little human being is depending on, on you with everything they got they have nothing but you to look up to and to, to feel safe and like to grow up uh, under my shadow, you know. Um, so yeah, definitely changed me hundred percent. Whether in training, I start to push more. I start to think about her, you know. I mean, like every time I train, I train for her. You know, it's not about me only. It's about her. I want to set an examples. Like never back down. Uh, like if I have a goal, I must achieve it no matter what. Uh, no quit. So I need to set an example for her. And also at the same time, I need to provide her and, and uh, to, pro to provide for her. And I need to be at the top form for me to be do so, to do so. And that's why now I changed a lot of things in my routine. And yeah, I mean, like definitely, definitely something very hard to do, but it's very rewarding. Thank you, Tarek. Um, I love Tiger Muay Thai. I, out of all the gyms, I thought that was one of the sickest gyms like going around in the world right now. Excuse me that I didn't know that you actually coached there. Like I didn't know the coaches. I just knew the fighters and I knew who was there. And I, all I was thinking is all of these dudes are going to like become world champions. And then you guys also had uh, champions go in there, do well and then defend their belts. Can you please tell me when did you start coaching at Tiger? So, yeah, I started coaching at Tiger about, I mean, maybe 2018. I got my black belt in 2018. So, like, once I got my black belt, it was, like, natural progression into 
heading the uh, heading the program, especially in jiu-jitsu, alongside of my friends uh, Alex Shield and uh, George Hickman, Frank Hickman. So we're we're the coaches, and we've been there for for the longest time. I moved in 2013, so like I, I had coaches come and go, come and go, and then like uh, like I built my my style and my my, my wrestling in, molded it into jiu-jitsu. So like naturally progressed into into being a coach there um yeah i mean like it was one of the most challenging uh works uh, or like jobs i've done because you have uh people from all over the world coming to test themselves and to challenge the coach to see if they're better than the coach or not so like i had to stand my ground every time someone come comes and like even if they're better than me, like that's what got me better, you know that 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 mentality that I am the coach, I need to like protect the house. So you know that was like a very good challenge for me, and that what shaped my grappling and jujitsu. So you're in there with killers, you're getting good rounds in. Do we see you go to the UFC? What what's what's happening there? Do we see you fight in the UFC, or is that not on your goals list? It was definitely on my goal list. I think it's everyone's goal is to be in the UFC. I'm a bit older right now. I'm 34 years old, and I don't think the UFC gets people uh, at that age range. However, I am currently signed with the PFL, and I was supposed to be part of the last season. However, I got a lower back injury that forced me out. So I asked them to uh, give me one year out, and I need... I will get a couple fights in UA Warriors before I join the season next year. So I, in terms of the big leagues, I'm part of the big leagues, and I think I get better pay than if I was into the UFC. Uh, I definitely make more money as being part of BFL right now, um, and that's what's important for me. I know the UFC is the, the goal being among the best, but still, PFL one of the best, uh, to provide talents as well, and we see a lot of shift in the and the fighters' emotion from the UFC to PFL because of the pay, and uh, hopefully one day like the PFL will be as big as the UFC. I've got a double question for you. So about Tiger, when I was talking to Mike Davis, Beast Boy, he was telling me about the uh, Tiger Muay Thai tryouts and how difficult they were. When did you start, when did the team and the coaching at Tiger start doing these uh, crazy tryout periods? And what was it like um, working with uh, Mike Davis? What was he like? Um, so the, fir the first one they started doing it in 2011, I believe, just a couple of years before I arrived. Uh, and there's a lot of people that won the tryouts, like Alex Volkanovsky, Kai Kara France, Shay Walsh, and all these beasts, you know. And so, like, it produced a lot of talent, it produced a lot of champions. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, try the, these tryouts are rough, man. You can look up the documentary about it on YouTube, and these, no joke, only like. It's the survival of the fittest for sure. Like only the elite of the elite make it uh, through, and then they get rewarded by like full year sponsorship by Tiger. And now they improved it into uh, a contract of a hundred thousand dollars with One FC. 
So like it. they are evolving. Uh, training with Davis, I haven't trained with him much because once he won the title, uh, sorry, the tryout, he moved back to the states for uh, I think for a fight in the UFC, and like he barely came back after that. So and also there is a big weight difference between me and him, so we didn't really trade together. But yeah, he was one of the guys that stood out, especially in the Muay Thai uh, ones. Like they were beating on him, and he was still coming back. So that was good to see him. Yeah, he didn't get it because he was in the UFC. He, he made it because he was tough. He was always coming back. That's good. I want to ask you, what was your time like in Thailand? Where do you live now, and how long were you in Thailand for? So I was in Thailand for eight years. Now I reside in Dubai. I still want to make the, the move back to Thailand. Uh, as you know, now my friends and all the, the, the old crew that ran Tiger in the past, they opened their own gym, Bank Tao MMA. is now one of the most successful gyms in, in Thailand. Uh, there's a lot of uh, champions trained there and based there like uh, uh, Wiley and uh, Yuri Prohaska and now, uh, what's his name? I forgot, but there's a lot of people. Bellator champ is there now. Um, so, yeah, I want to... Is that, is, that, is that Amosov or is Amosov still a Tiger? Um, uh, Amosov? No, I think they still have to, even even Rafa now he he split his time between Tiger and Bangtao. I see. Because he coached at Tiger, and then he does his rounds at Bangtao. Yeah, crazy. Uh, who originally got you into MMA? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm Syrian, so the the war started in 2011, and then I I was studying in college in Lebanon so it was uh, during the war my it was very rough for my parents to support my my stay in Lebanon and like the financial and the economy collapsed uh, back then so I I had to do something to survive to make money to to have food you know so I tried to be uh, I tried waitering I tried a couple other jobs where it didn't work I was I was always like an athlete when I was a kid. I used to swim a lot. I used to do uh, boxing in the winter. So it wasn't the main thing I wanted to do, but I was I was an athlete as a kid. So when the war started and the economy collapsed, my dad basically told me, this is your tuition. Do whatever you want to do with it. And uh, good luck. Don't come back. Uh, so like I tried to find a job here and there. It didn't work for me. Uh, and my friend told me about this uh, this MMA thing. Is like there is like fighting you fight and then um, you get paid for it. It's like, all right, let's do it. I watched Cage Warriors. I think uh, not Cage Warriors. Uh, yeah, Cage Warriors Fight Night Three in Beirut. I did that. It was the first time, and then I won the fight. I got hooked on that feeling, and then uh, the snowball start rolling. You know. And then I did another one in, in Jordan, the, and then I signed the contract with Desert Force. That's a crazy story. Tell me about Dubai. I'm very confused about it. Like, Dubai seems like it would be expensive, like like astronomically expensive. So do you, do you like, rent? Like, how is the gym operating? 
how do you how does the team have enough money to buy property to to have the to like coach in dubai like how does it all work because like i was wondering like for the next 10 years it's a goal of mine to move to dubai for a little bit and to live and to work so so i'm worried that if i'm there like you know i'll go bankrupt <laughs> well if you spend a lot yes every, everywhere in the world you will you will uh <laughs> So you make a lot and you spend a lot. This is the thing. But here is the land. Like, uh, what, the, what they used to say about the U.S., the land of opportunities or something. But uh, believe me, Dubai is the land of opportunity. If you are a hustler, if you are a war, uh, like work hard, you make money. Everyone makes money here. Believe it or not, I come. I came here to see my girlfriend at the time in 2020, and I got stuck here with. Uh, like a small uh, suitcase that I had. I was planning to come here for five days and I got stuck here. Uh, but I, I hustled around. I did a gig here and a gig there. I started commentating for the UFC. I started uh, doing some PT sessions. I put the money together and uh, I fought a couple times during the pandemic and I put some money together and I opened my gym. So if you hustle hard, you make money. Like, Dubai is a double-sided beast. Either it eats you or it brings you up. So, like, it's what you make out of it, you know? That's interesting. Uh, well, I can't wait. I'll, I'll come down and I'll train with you in the next five years. Definitely. You should. So, I want to ask you a hard question. Everyone talks GSP and Jones. Um, if you pick between those two, who do you think as a coach, with your expert opinion, has the better all-round MMA skill set. Not how they applied it, not not um, who you think would win in a fight, doesn't really matter. More so, who do you think had more skills? I believe George St. Pierre does. Like, uh, definitely have more skills, especially because he's the smaller guy. So, like, always the bigger guy, bigger range, have more attributes for him to, to win fights inside the cage. Uh, so, like, to be a smaller guy, being bigger guys always it represents your skills. It represents your will inside the, the cage and uh, how athletic you are. I do believe George St. Pierre is more athletic than uh, John Jones. Uh, I do know that John Jones have more uh, attributes for his body, allowing him to, fall, uh, to uh, have better range in the fight, have more like uh, weapons inside the fight, like... The long arms help him to throw um, elbows from a long range. So I do believe that uh, helps him a lot. I 100% know that George St. Pierre have more skills on the ground and have more knowledge fighting jiu-jitsu than uh, John Jones. So, yeah, I do believe in George. And he is one of the guys I look up to in training. My next question for you is that I saw the footage of you hanging out and working with the great Leon Edwards. What do you think about him in that training session? What can you say? Hell yeah. What can you say about him as a person? And how did that training session go? It was very good. Like uh, We did a seminar with him in my gym, so it was fun to see. And like he explained well what he did to uh, knock out Kamaru Usman. So it was <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah, but he's a, he's a very like nice guy. Fun, fun to be around. We had some fun going seeing... Uh, seeing the animals in the safari and then we watch the UFC together so very nice guy very humble like down to earth 
Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. Can you tell us? Can you tell us about this fight? Can you break it down, and then can you predict either the finish of the fight? I think I think Leon Edwards will manage the distance properly. Uh, Colby needs needs to wrestle like that, like the, his style of like suffocated wrestling. Uh, that will lead him to win, but I know that Leon Edward will manage the distance right. That's just what he did with Kamaru Usman in the second fight. So uh, I think I think with uh, straight punches, keeping the distance uh, good for Leon, uh, punching backward will allow and circling of the cage. Like he should not allow his back to touch the cage at all times. So once once he does that, I think the the, the win is for Leon. The only thing for Colby is to connect and wrestle off the cage. That's why I think that the only thing that goes well for Colby. So if Leon wins, what do you see happening? Decision, submission, knockout, what do you think? Decision for, for, uh, for uh, sorry, for Colby you said? Leon, Leon, Leon. Leon, Leon, Leon will get it for, uh, with, a, with a decision, I still think. He's tough, Listen. like Colby's tough, he got punched hard with Kamaro and he stood his ground so I think it will be decision for Leon love the pick coach you're strong as I've seen it I've seen it I saw you weightlifting you're a strong motherfucker so how much do you lift how much weight or how many times per, per week <laughs> break it down what lifts do you do and what's your best lifts so I used to lift a lot now I adjusted it and now I, I have a smarter approach into lifting I used to deadlift, I uh, mean, 260 something. Um, but uh, I'd lift three times a week the entire time. I never stop even if I have a fight or if I don't have a fight. I'm lifting and I'm getting myself stronger. Uh, I bench press 160 and 140, 160. I deadlift 200 something. I don't count to be honest. It just uh, there is. I never done uh, one rep maximum weight. The lower rep I did was five. So I don't know how strong I can be in one rep. How long did it take you to get your Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu black belt? Eight years it took me. I start when I started. I had the mission to become like black belt in less than ten years, and I got it in eight years. Uh, so I actually less because I started jujitsu in 2011 and I got my black belt in 2018, like seven years. So you're the co-founder of Falcons MMA. What can you tell us about the team? What inspired the name and what are you doing to build the next generation of fighters? So Falcons, I am in the land of Falcons. So like Falcon is the national animal here and I wanted to... Uh, to have something that symbolized the, the location and we came with the name of Falcons. Um, we, like, I love jujitsu and like I turned it, it turned it into an MMA academy. Uh, so like we focus a lot on, MMA, on sorry, on jujitsu. We have about 12 jujitsu class a week and uh, we have one of the hardest mats uh, I, I can challenge the entire of UAE or the world uh, when it comes to uh, gi grappling. We have almost 20 black belt competing 
uh, are uh, fighting every uh, we do it three times a week the competition class is mainly for black belts so uh, and they beat each other up like <laughs> there's some stories that I put on the blood I'm covered my white geese covered with blood uh, but yeah I mean like we train hard we have self coaches that are very good uh, teaches the kids as well uh, I grow my own students into coaches as well so like my blue belts helping coaching the kids uh, so yeah I I'm working it's a very humble gym I love it it's a, a small uh, and I like it to keep it like this it's not nope. for building fighters uh, it's more for the day-to-day -day people to love martial arts to understand martial arts and to build confidence and so on lovely what's your prediction for Alex Pereira light heavyweight do you see him getting the belt or do you think that Magomed and Kalaev will probably get him at one point well he's a very good like very good Puncher, I'm giving that he just needs to punch one or two times, and he, he's improving as a grappler as well. We saw uh, against uh, Jan Prohovic, like he, even though Jan took his back, he held himself very good. So, yeah, I, I think he he has he has a way to get the, the belt. Tell us uh, how you felt getting your own belt. What was that feeling like? The, uh, the which belt? UAE Warriors. Oh my God! It was the best. It was the best feeling in the world. I mean, like that that fight was a turning point in my journey. Like I was in a very dark place before that, and uh, that fight was uh, detrimental for my my career. I was like before it. I I said I win this fight. I continue. I don't. That's it for MMA. I'll stick for. I'll find something else, and I give it my. I gave it my all. Like. I, you can see if you watch the fight at the end, I nearly died. My heart nearly stopped. I gave it my everything. It was a my natural weight is 84 out fighting, and I fought at light 93. Uh, an opponent that originally coming from heavyweight, an opponent that is considered the strongest man in UK. So like that took a toll on my body, and but it made the win even sweeter. So I was. One of the best days of my life. Congratulations. What would happen if we legalized TRT in MMA right now? Oh my gosh. We go back, we go to the back days of uh, UFC. I mean, like, <laughs> it's too dangerous, man. Just some would, people... you in, would you enjoy watching it, though? I mean, it, it becomes unfair because some people respond well to TRT and some people don't so like it's not the best anymore it's not the best athlete it's not the best it's the it's the best cycle and it's How too dangerous you... yeah go on sorry I mean it's too dangerous like the human body uh, is not equipped to receive that much power I, I fought someone someone who's juiced and I cracked my orbitals all. So you can imagine heavier weight classes juiced up, what will happen. I don't, I, there's still people juicing right now I'm fighting. So yeah, it's, it's dangerous. Who did, the person that broke your orbital bone, did you just say they were juicing? If so, who uh, was that? And was it, have they been caught juicing or is this an allegation?
I know they're juicing. Uh, he's a Brazilian uh, residing in UAE. Um, I beat him up, but hey, with one punch, he broke my face. Uh, <laughs> there was no tension, so there is no point if he get caught or not. However, my last opponent, Will Fleury, uh, he beat me up in a, in, in a fight and in into a decision. And right after, also he got signed to PFL and he got caught for uh, for juicing. So like I know people like the power was unmatched. I, I caught him in a kimura and he just lifted me with one arm. So like it was unfair. I can't complain because there's no testing. But yeah, good on him. Now he's suspended for one year, and he has that reputation. So how long will you fight for? Maybe for four to five more years. What do you see? What do you see in those four or five years happening? Uh, I want. I'm so my next fight will be uh, middleweight with the UA Warriors for the middleweight title. I get that belt. So you're going weight. down in weight. Yes, uh, I go down in weight. I get a double champ status. Get the ninety three. 84, I vacate both at the same time. Then I uh, join the season for the PFL. I get that. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if their plan is to have a regional uh, PFL tournament, which is the Arabia PFL, like the, the European one. I win that, then I go to international, and I win that. If I get those done in two years, that's it for me. If not, I'll keep chasing till I get it done. What does it mean to you to represent Syria? It, it means it's dear to me that I, I represent Syria. It's hard because I'm Syrian to travel. It's very hard with a passport. However, it means a lot to me because I bring hope to a lot of young kids that I'm already I'm seeing the, the work I've done, how inspired other kids. Now, there's two other very talented uh, athletes and UA warriors that making their way uh, up the ranks so it, it gives me the pleasure to see that what I've done is inspiring other kids so it means a lot who's your favorite MMA fighter ever George St. Pierre uh, I'll, I'll just I'll say Alex Volkanovsky now. <laughs> that's all we have time for ladies and gentlemen thank you Tarek for coming on the show follow Tarek on Instagram, link in the description and subscribe to Anything Combat on YouTube. Thanks guys. Have a good day. Bye.